You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Play ball! Worldwide Sports Radio presents Moffitt on the Mic. Allow me to introduce myself. Craig Hello and welcome to Moffitt on the Mic radio show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You can call in at 631-676-2968 if you want to talk sports with us tonight. I am not Craig Moffitt. I am the people's producer, Chris Klimazewski. Craig is not here tonight. Craig is at the Disturbia concert. And I brought along my brought along my good friend, known this guy a long time, Mike Dawes. Mike, how you doing? Doing good. I've known you too long. Known you too long. How do you how do you like the the people's producer? Um it needs work. <laughs> you know, I told you that was I, I had I had a little surprise name for you when we came onto the show, and I said it last week. And I was and Craig immediately said, "Yeah, you're fired. We can't can't have you on the show anymore." And I was like, "You know, okay, that's uh believable." And then I figured, I'm like, you know what, Mike might get a kick out of this. It might just be like, "Yeah, you you should be fired." I mean, have you done anything to deserve this name? I'm the I'm part of the people, man. I'm part of the people. I'm the people's producer. Right. I am the people. I'm with the people. We're the people. All right, yeah. <laughs> you can check us out on Facebook, the TuneIn app, our Periscope feed, and you can now check us out live on YouTube. This is our first show live on YouTube, so be it for everyone who wants to tune in, tune in at all those things. And again, you can call in at 631-676-2968. Mike, we have a packed show tonight. It was the NHL trade deadline today. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. Mets uh, Yankee spring training started off big news with Zion Williams, Carl Anthony Towns, all this, all the good stuff. But for right now, you know, Craig's not here, but we usually do a segment called for local for local, where we talk about the four local sports in the area, Mets, Jets, Giants, Islanders, Rangers, Nets, Knicks. We'll get into all, we'll get into the big news surrounding those four teams. Well, if any, there we go. Or local. Can't wait. Oh gosh, I'm such a good editor. That was such a good <laughs> intro. The people's producer. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna start off. It was announced today, or I think yesterday, that Aaron Hicks got a seven-year, seventy million dollar extension from the New York Yankees. I thought this was a fantastic move. I'm surprised at the length. Seven years. That that definitely jumped out at me. Yeah, it jumped out at me too. How old is Aaron Hicks? He's thirties, right? Looking up right now. But um they already are in a deep contract with oh, another outfielder. Ellsbury. Oh, 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 oh another another one. John Carlo and Ellsbury. Yeah, Ellsbury's still on the docket for like two, three years, I think. Yeah, I think twenty twenty two his is done. So that's crazy. And uh Aaron Hicks twenty nine. Twenty nine. So they'll have him till he's thirty six. That's wild. I mean, he's he's good. He does exactly what they want. He gets on base. He has a rocket arm, plays defense. So yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I think the numbers wise too, because he's get it's gonna add up to getting ten million a year. But seven years, I thought that was a little wild for Aaron Hicks. I mean, look, Aaron Hicks is great, but I mean, you're gonna have this dude until he's 36 years old. Yeah, I wonder if there's any like opt outs or something like that. But I mean, he's he's 
pretty. He's right now very good. So I mean, he's easily the starting center fielder for the Yankees. Yeah, and he should be their leadoff man too. Yeah, and that's another thing too that I think you think this came into, you know, it was a such a long contract. It's not like it was a two year, twenty million dollar extension. This was seven years. So you think this they had this in their mind when they were trying not to sign Bryce Harper, maybe? Yeah, I'm sure this was. Uh, ooh, you think it's a plan B or plan A was Hicks? I think it might have been a. Uh, that's that's what I'm asking you though. You know. Oh, okay. Um, I would imagine your plan A would be to get Bryce Harper. Yeah. Because, I mean, like, yeah, who doesn't need Bryce Harper? Yeah, for real. So, and this tells me, like, seven years deal, they were probably going to offer Bryce, like, seven years, I would imagine, at least. So, I don't know. I think I think this might be a better fit for them than giving Bryce Harper all that money. I think it was a better fit. And we've said it, me and Craig have said it constantly on the show, that the Yankees didn't need Bryce Harper. They already have a packed outfield with six guys who who can play. I mean. But I, yeah. I, understand, I know what you're saying, because we've been saying this, too. That, yeah, every team can use a Bryce Harper, and every team could use a Manny Machado. But the Yankees realistically did not need either of those guys. Realistically. I guess, but if Brett Garner's starting, like, 100-something games and hitting 230. But is he probably, starting, though? Is that a thing? I don't know. You're the people's producer. You I am the people's producer. But I feel like their starting outfield right now should be Stanton and Judge in the corners, wherever you play them. Well, Stanton... DH'd all last year. Right? You'll see, I think Tulo's going to DH a lot this year. Oh, he stinks. He had a home run. Oh, who cares? You probably <laughs> taste like Joe Schmo. Still though, I mean, that's but that's what you want. You want to you want to see some. You want to see a little production from Tulo. Tulo's going to make this team. I thought it was like a little <sighs> hey, come to camp, whatever. Try oh, he's making this team. He, I think oh, he's absolutely my. making this team. As a utility shortstop. As a, a possible utility shortstop with, but I think he's going to mostly DH. Because you know, you know he can't play the field. You know and I know. He's, he can't really hit right now either. I mean, yeah, he had a home run, big whoop. But I think that's what they want to see from Tulo. Right, they I mean, want to see about, production from him and what he can do. Yeah, this is all, I mean, he's like probably moments away from a hamstring pull or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Sad to say, too, because he was yeah. – when he's in his prime, he was – he was something yeah, else. But, I, yeah, I think the starting outfield right now for the Yankees is going to be Judge, Stanton, and Hicks in center field with – it's crazy to think that – Ellsbury, Frazier, and who am I missing in the third outfielder? Gardner. Gardner is going to be on the bench. Yeah. Um, I could kind of see them going with a Gardner-Clint Frazier split instead of doing the old uh, – because, like, Aaron Hicks, seven years, you get Gardner and Frazier split left field, and then you have John uh, Carlo DH. I don't know. That's what I think. All right. On the line, we have local friend Eric Bellier. What's going on, Eric? My mic was muted. What's going on, Eric? Oh, what's going on, guys? <laughs> so I'm listening to you guys talk about Tulo not making camp. Who's oh, the starting shortstop opening day? Gleiber. No, absolutely not. You don't think so? No, Gleiber's playing second base. I thought. They're what about not moving what, him to shortstop? What about DJ LeMahieu? Cashman already came out and said he's comfortable with with, with Tulo playing with Tulo playing shortstop opening day. Well, then, when are you, what are you doing with LeMahieu? Then you think? LeMayhew, listen, Voight's great, right? Mm-hmm. Voight's great. Greg Bird, you don't know. They're going to compete there. LeMayhew also, you got to remember, he's coming from Colorado, right? His numbers outside of Colorado are atrocious. So with that being said, there's a three-way com- competition, in my personal opinion. There's a three-way competition for first base. LeMayhew, 
number one, number two, Voight, and number three, Bird. Not saying that's the order they're going to be on the depth chart, but mm. that's what they're competing for. And also, you got to think about, you know, third base, too, because I'm as good as Andujar is, man. If I find a way to put his bat in the lineup and just DH him, you got to remember also, too, Carlson is one of the best arms in baseball. Mm-hmm. There is no reason why he doesn't play the outfield. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, when he does have, and like they're saying, oh, he's just going to DH. But why though? There's no need to DH him when he, like you just said, he has one of the best arms in all in in the outfield. It's it's the same thing when it comes to when it comes to a guy like JD Martinez too. Like I think he's an incredible outfielder. So just as as another example, there's no reason why he doesn't. I'm not saying like he's an incredible outfielder. I'm saying he's a sound defensive outfielder. You know, you can take, you can put him in left field and get better than you day off. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just to me, guys that like, that's why I think Clint Frazier, everybody getting the hopes up for Clint Frazier, and like you're talking about Brett Gardner too, they're going to end up having to play him at some point because they're so dead set on having a guy like, um, a guy like Giancarlo Stanton just to hit because that's how they make their money. But in reality, both of those guys are capable of playing gold glove caliber outfield between him and Judge. Yeah. So if anything, you know, you DH a guy like Andujar, you put you put Glaber at third, you put Tulo at third, you put Lemayu at third. Mm-hmm. You have the options there, and it's gonna work. It's it's gonna be interesting to see what they do. And if you think about it, if you look at the infield on paper, right, mm-hmm. that the Mets and the Yankees right now are pretty much in the same boat. They know what they have at catcher. You know, they know what they have at second base. You know, the Mets have Ramos and the Mets have, and then the Yankees have Sanchez. The Mets have Cano. The Yankees have Glaber. Then, you know, shortstop for now, Rosario for sure. But then what are they going to do with the corners, right? Yeah. You know, who's going to play – who's going to be playing third opening day, especially with Lowry out now? You know, who's going to be playing first with, uh, with, you know, with the whole Pete uh, Alonzo situation? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things you have to look at that – both of these guys, you know, both of these teams have, you know, not necessarily holes, but good situations where multiple guys can play multiple positions. Because, look, I think McNeil can be a com- competition at first base, too. Yeah. If they want to keep his bat in the line, this guy hit 326 last year, you're not going to not play him, right? No, yeah, exactly. I think this is good for both the Mets and Yankees, that they have so many options where they can put guys in. All, they have a bunch of guys who can play the infield position too, and that goes for the Yankees. Whether it's you know Tulo starting at shortstop, him DHing, Tulo at third, Gliber at short, second, wherever you got, you have options for all these guys. And it, like you said, it's a per, it's a good situation for both teams. And I also think too, you guys could take you guys could you know take it out, hang up. But a way you got to look at at this Gliber deal too is this uh, Tulo Whiskey deal rather is the same thing with the Mets tried to do with Agon last year, right? Mm-hmm. Veterans minimum salary. You know, just bring them in, five and a half a million dollars, see what they got. And, you know, Agon didn't perform, but, you know, Tulo is a guy that's been riddled with injuries, but when he stays on the field, the guy, the guy is a top-tier player. When he's that healthy, we haven't had that in the last seven years. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you don't really know what you have at this point. But I'll let you guys take it. Clem, I'll talk to you later. Uh, see you later, Eric. Take the women's shirt off. Goodbye. <laughs> That was Eric. He usually calls in. Great guy. Great talk. And I think he's absolutely right when he when he's talking about how good of the situations the Mets and Yankees are in, in that within their infield. Whether it's you know you can have a bunch of these guys play different positions. Whether it's Lemayhew playing second shortstop or third, or even with Jeff McNeil, Jed Lowry playing anywhere in the infield. I think it's great situations for both the Mets and Yankees.
Yeah, I totally agree with him with the Aegon comparison. Yeah. But it's going to go the same way as Aegon. He'll get cut halfway through if he even makes it. I think, yeah, I but mean, that's, you know, what? But that's if he doesn't stay healthy, I think. I think if he stays he healthy. Stay, he won't stay. Well, no, he might stay healthy because he's not going to really play, I don't think. But, and, but the only difference is between the Aegon and Tulo thing is Yankees got the DH spot. I think that can be a huge factor down the yeah, road. but Aegon was hitting like 220. True. But, I mean, Tulo, the last time he hit 300 was 2015 in yeah. Colorado. He cannot perform at a high caliber player anymore. There's no way. There's no. I I think yeah. His he's past his prime. But I think like Eric said, if he does stay healthy, he can be a force to be right. Not a force, but no, like I c- couldn't disagree more. I don't think he'll he won't even hit 240 this year if he plays all the games. Healthy, you think? Yeah, I hmm. just I just think he's worn down and he's really not that good. It's gonna be just very interesting to see what happens with the mo- both the Mets and Yankees, what they do with their opening day lineups and whatnot. Um, continuing with the Yankees, Andy Pettit named special advisor in the Yankees front office. And you see a lot of players doing this now too. We just saw David Wright get named special advisor in the Mets front office. So you think, Mike, you think this is going to be like a trend we're starting to see with players who are really loyal to their teams? Yeah, no, I could totally see that. I mean, they probably goes goes to uh, hang out in Tampa, like wherever they play spring training. Like Mm -hmm. that's a pretty good gig. So, yeah, I could totally see more and more players doing this. Yeah, I think so. And that was just another – those are just two names to rattle off. I remember I think it was David Ross who does this with the Cubs front o- from the front office as well. And I think, Mike, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a trend we're going to start seeing between players who are really loyal to their teams like David Wright was. Like now Andy Pett is going to be a special advisor. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool to see down the road if these guys can actually take on big, like, coaching jobs or managerial jobs to see – what happens with their teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure bringing on these great former players can't hurt. Yeah. Um, Next, speaking of the Mets, Mets kicked off spring training with a win. Next night, they got blown out by the Astros. The only only thing I think Mets fans want to see from this spring training is what's the pitching looking like right now and Peter Alonso. Oh, yeah. I think Peter Alonso is the big factor on what he's doing. And I don't know, man, if he's killing it. In spring training, look, I know the Chris Bryant rule and everything like that, but how can you not give this kid the opening day spot if he absolutely kills spring training? Because at the end of the day... It's money. The GM will have to come to the owner and be like, hey, we will lose a full year on this guy if we, call, if we bring him up now. And the Wilpons just won't do it. They won't. I mean, they really won't. And even if he does deserve it, I mean, look, we, I think after the, what is it, May 2nd or something like that, what's the... Sounds about right. Somewhere in that area, whenever that uh, date comes in, we'll see Peter Alonso be the everyday first baseman for the New York Mets this season. But, I mean, other than that, I think you're going to have a, uh, the rotation of Dom Smith and Todd Frazier at first base. You'll obviously have Cano and Robins, uh, Rosario at second and short. Third is, dep- is going to be a question mark right now because, you know, it looked like it was going to be Jed Lowry. But, I mean, but even like Eric said, this is a good Already thing. Hurt. Already hurt, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, and me and Craig mentioned this last last week. It's just a black cloud over the Mets. I don't over City Field. I don't I get got it. That update. I was jaw dropped. I was like, no, that can't be Jed Lowry. It has to be like Brett Lowry on a different team. No way. Wasn't even we weren't the Mets weren't even twenty four hours into spring training and he got injured. Like not like you know whatever day to day like injured injured. Yeah, where he might not be there for opening day, but but even like Eric said, this is a good. It, doesn't I mean yeah it does matter that Jed Lowry is injured because he was an All Star last year and had a career year last year, but the Mets do have guys who they can play at third. They can play 
Todd Frazier. They can play uh, Jeff McNeil. And even if they want it, look, I know he's probably not going to make the team, the roster, but, I mean, throwing Chichini for a couple weeks until. I mean, even, like, does J.D. Davis play low third? I think he does. Yeah, I mean, that's news to me then, if he does. I mean, look, and yeah, J.D. Davis is another guy, too, who can possibly be a backup first baseman for the Mets this season. Sure. The Mets, have, again, Mets have plenty of depth right now, and it's a good good situation for the Mets, and it's going to be really exciting to see what the Mets actually do with this lineup and rotation. All right, next, today was the trade deadline, and the Rangers, very active. GM Jeff Gorton was very active today. He traded Kevin Hayes to the Jets for a, a first-round pick in 2019, a fourth-round pick in 2022, and they traded Brent for Brendan LeMayhew. Le, uh, Le, I think that's his name, right? Yeah, it's, it's Brendan Lemieux. Lemieux. Come on. Le, and apparently this dude, this dude Le, uh, Lemieux, is going to be like the next Sean Avery, I heard. Which is solid. Yeah. Which is solid. That's great. That's a huge trade for the for the Rangers. And we all know the Rangers are not having their best year. So they're obviously tanking. They're trying to get they're gonna re- try and rebuild this team. That's why they traded Kevin Hayes. You saw they also will trade Matt Zuccarello, which we'll get into in a little bit. But this was a good trade, I felt for for the Rangers. Again, got a first round pick this year, a fourth round pick in twenty twenty two, and this dude is possibly the next Sean Avery. Yeah, sure. All fun and games, but yet another year goes by where they aren't good and they keep Henrik. Yeah. I mean, this franchise, I mean, yeah, they make some playoff runs, but they are not a good franchise. I know. They're not. the boat on trading Henrik like six, seven years ago. They did, but you know what? He's just their guy. I mean, mean, they will really never win with him. I don't think so, at least. I I don't think anymore. Uh, How old is Henrik? He's got to be late 30s, right? Probably mid to late, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I think wasted his career, wasted. I wouldn't say wasted. Did he get oh, to a sta- say wasted. They got to a Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, but the elite goaltenders, Martin Brodeur, they <laughs> win cups. He's got three. For those that don't know, Mike is a huge New Jersey Devils fan. Yeah, so, so this take is zero percent biased. <laughs> cold hard opinions. But you know what? If this is the official start of their rebuild, this is a good trade. A good trade to start with. And again, they traded defenseman Adam McQuaid to the Blue Jackets for a fourth and seventh round pick, which I thought was good. Another good to you. The more picks you get, just the more development. Oh, hmm? No, yeah, no, you're definitely right. The more picks, the better. The more picks, the better. It's just like in uh, the NFL, NBA. With the more picks you can get, the more chances you can get, take on guys. And over the weekend, their guy. Their their favorite player, fans' favorite player, Matt Zuccarello, was traded to the Dallas Stars for a second round pick in 2019, a third round pick in 2020. Again, another huge move. But this is like this is next to Henrique, this is their guy. This is Zook was everyone's favorite offense, favorite player that isn't a goalie. And trading him is it's got to be huge. You know, I was meant to, I was gonna text uh, our friend Connor. He's a huge, huge Rangers fan. I didn't. Did you get to talk to him about this? Or no? No, I did not. No, we should have. Yeah, bad, bad guys. We're bad friends, not but the best friends. Not yeah, not the best friends, but but I think these were some solid trades for the Rangers. They definitely stocked up on draft picks for the next couple of years, and it's going to be very exciting to see if the Rangers can be, can get back to glory. Okay, final topic for for local New York Jets. Just talk about their off season in general. I mean, look, I'm ready. I'm all set. For this oh, New York Jet, I'm so ready. I'm ready. I'm all. In, I'm all in on Adam Gase. I put on the metaphorical seatbelt because I'm locked in. Like I am <laughs> ready to roll. So am I. I mean, look, I I did this and I did the same thing when Brody Van Wagenen was announced as the GM. I was a little iffy at first, but I, I after the next couple, I realized I was like, you know what, this is going to be good. And he Brody Van Wagenen proved me 
proved me right very well. I'm so happy I'm on the Brody Van Wagenen train. I think I'm, I'm on the Adam Gase train as well. Yeah, sure. I mean, his press conference was eye-opening, but, <laughs> you know, he he is not about any BS. He's right down the business. So at the end of the day, I, I do like the hire. The one thing I like about it, too, is he's going to be focusing on the offense. He's, he's, oh, he's, which this team desperately needs. Exactly. And he's letting Greg Williams control that defense, which That's is fine. It perfectly yeah. fine. We The Jets need that, especially with such young talent on this defense, too. The, the Jets don't really have old guys on this defense. They just have bad players everywhere. Yeah, bad players everywhere. I mean, look, you have – and what I heard was they're going to stick with the 3-4 defense. Yes, we're going to get into what's happening on Raw, WWE, all this stuff in, in wait, this. You heard, wait a minute. You said you heard the 3-4 uh, defense? I, I heard 4-3. You heard 4-3. No, I heard – what, what I heard was that, you know, Greg Williams runs a 4-3 a defense, but I heard they're sticking with the 3-4. Yeah. Why is he out? I, oh. I was just going to say, I feel like the Shield's coming back here. But uh, – I mean, I'm for it, but sure. anyway, we'll get into WWE oh, after the break. Yeah, we're getting to the WWE, the huge news that broke today with Roman Reigns, but we're going to stick with the Jets right now. I mean, I think the biggest thing the Jets have to address this offseason is they got to sign Le'Veon Bell. They got to. And this GM is so – he's very bad at his job. So he needs a, he needs a splash, like desperately. See, this is where you and me disagree. Yes, I think he's – wow. Um, yes, I think he's bad, but – I don't think he's awful. At drafting, he's pretty bad. But in yeah, <laughs> and but in free agent and trade and trading moves, he's not bad. Christian Hackenberg can't stop throwing interceptions in the AAF. I know. <laughs> and he was drafted second round in the NFL. I'm pretty sure I saw Big Cat from Barstool tweet. He was like, "Great, Christian Hackenberg, you just proved you suck in two leagues." And he's so bad. And this guy <laughs> thought he was a good, a good pick in the second round. So did I. I thought so and too. Also, I mean, let's if we're we'll getting into this, like Tremaine Johnson, what was that? Don't know. Don't no, say. Don't, don't say Tremaine no, Johnson because no, you. I was. No. Me and you talked about it, and we were jumping for joy that we signed Tremaine okay, Johnson. But we're we're the public. We're stupid. This guy's supposed to know better. He's supposed to be smarter than us. I think he's a dummy right along with us. I see. I think Tremaine Johnson had a bad year. Yes, obviously, but you, you can't you can't blame. Yes. You can't blame Mike McCagney for going out and signing the best available corner for a team that desperately needed cornerbacks right. last season. Fine, but you can't blame at him the for end that. Of the day, it's a bad move. I don't think it's a bad move. Look, it's one year. It's one year. Yes, it was a bad one year. Bad one but year. now you know the Jets have a great defensive-minded coach with Greg Williams, and we saw what he did with Denzel Ward, and he's just his rookie sure. year. This is what I'm interested in, because you know Greg Williams is a down and dirty guy. Defensive line, I think, is a specialty for sure. So. It all starts at defensive line. You get to hit the quarterback first. That makes your corners easy, uh, their job easier. Mm-hmm. So he can use all the help he gets because he's not good. Yeah, Jermaine Johnson. And I mean, his pass rush last year was non-existent. Non-existent. No, but it so. was it was better than years prior, which is saying something. Because yeah, it's sad. Too. It's sad too, but it's good in a way because you know I feel like we found something with Henry Anderson, seven sacks on the season, which was solid. I felt like he was in the backfield almost every play. Mike, you mean you were texting almost all the time saying it was great. Great, Henry Anderson was great. Jordan Jenkins took a huge step forward last year. I think seven sacks as well. Yeah, and then the constant rotation of like Brandon Copeland, Frankie Louvu. I did the stats between good? between Neville Hewitt, Frankie Louvu, and Brandon Copeland. They eat, together combined had ninety tackles. 
that's that's fantastic. That's fantastic. That's yes, fantastic. but the Jets still the Jets still do need a, st- a real starting outside linebacker. Oh, for sure. Whether it's you know they go out and draft Josh Allen from Kentucky, they sign D Ford or uh, Anthony Barr, whoever is in the offseason, they got to address the outside linebacker position. Defensive and Mike, like you said too, the defensive. You said Greg Williams is down and dirty. He's in the trenches with the defensive lineman. I think this could be a big year for Leonard Williams. I mean, if not now, when? Exactly. And plus, contract year, I think? It is his contract year. He's in a contract year, so we're going to expect him to have a huge season. I mean, and if not, are we just is he just going to be like Mo Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson, just another bust? Well, not bust, but like guy who started out good and just stunk? Well, hopefully it's more of Sheldon Richardson where they don't extend him and then he stinks. And then like, same thing with Mo Wilkerson. Yeah, say so hopefully he turns into a Sheldon Richardson, like where they don't get extend him. Yeah, because if he's because well, 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 what we ultimately hope, hope for is he turns into a great D end. That's what we ultimately oh, hope for. Oh, for sure. But you know when he got drafted, he was you know supposed to be a sax guy, but he's some big fat dude. He is a run stuffer. Yeah, he's a run like, stuffer, which is great. Elite run stuffer. Yeah. But need a pass rusher. Need a pass rusher. Desperately yeah. need a pass rusher. And I think. And when we get into talking about Trey Flowers later and him possibly not getting franchise tag, Trey Flowers can be a huge sign for the Jets this offseason, I think. And there's multiple guys, too. Like, Dante Fowler is a name being considered. Again, D. Gordon, another another name is out there. The Jets have options this season, offseason, especially with, you know, the third overall pick, a possible Quentin Williams or Nick Bosa drafting one of those, or Josh Allen, and with $100-plus million dollars. In this cap for this cap, I mean, there's it, the Jets have can literally do whatever they want. I feel like, yeah, they have they have a great offseason ahead of them, and you know if this is a bad GM, then this is not good. It, it but see that's the thing though because yeah he has drafted bad, but I mean, atrociously he, bad is doesn't even do it justice. I would say bad just because guys like you're gonna name like two people. Robbie Anderson has been solid. Jamal Adams, I mean, kind of hard right, to miss on Jamal Adams, but sure. he's he's great. Marcus May's great. Jordan Jenkins took a huge step forward Honestly, this year. The best thing that he has done as a GM was that trade from six to three to get Darnold. Yes, that was that was very good. Yes. He gave him a second round pick. So that, anyway. which that's why I'm not too worried about this him signing players because he gets the player he gets the players that people want. Like he got Tremaine Johnson. Was it a bad signing? Possibly. We don't know yet. It's been one year, but. The Jets needed a cornerback. He went out and got the best cornerback on the market last year. Yeah, he did. But if we look at the Jets' needs, and their top five needs is also cornerback. Yeah, I know, because Mo Claiborne and Buster Screen. Buster Screen are not coming back this year. And again, there are some solid names in this, in this offseason. One name that stands out to me is Jason Verrett from the Chargers. Yes. The only problem is he's coming off a big leg injury. So I feel like you know he would be great. Because when he was healthy, him and Casey Hayward were oh, yeah, no. top th- top three tandem corners in the league. Oh, totally agree with Jason Verrett, for sure. Yeah, Jason Verrett, and I can't even think of other names off the top of my head, but there's good. There's some good cornerbacks out there which the Jets can go after. And again, the offensive line situation the Jets need to address. The Jets need to address, and I'm all for And I, This is what I've been saying for weeks, months at this point. Years. Year, yeah, years. Mike knows. Mike knows I've been oh, yeah. cramoring. The Jets to draft an offensive lineman, and they have not. The only way I say the Jets don't draft an offensive lineman is Nick Bosa is sitting there at three. It's the only way I say you cannot draft an offensive lineman. Other than that, you have. To, I say the Jets have to go out and draft Jonah Williams from Alabama, Greg Little from um, 
Ole Miss, Jawan Taylor from Florida, or um, Cody Ford from Oklahoma? What I definitely, what we definitely can draft at three is like a skills position guy. Oh I saw someone, I saw like a wide receiver in a mock draft being close to the Jets. I mean, they cannot. Who? Who? Who's mock draft? No, who's who's getting drafted by the Jets third overall at wide receiver? No, no, but it was like um, the Alabama receiver was close to the top five. I'm, I'm Jerry going, Judy? Yes. But, like, they can't take a skill. They need to take a defensive lineman or offensive lineman. They That's what – yes. To. And, like, and what I've heard from with the Jets going to a 3-4, a if they stay in with that, they don't need – then that then you can take Quentin Williams off the table of the Jets drafting him. Because you – I know Steve McClendon is a free agent this year, but I can imagine the Jets bringing him back for – he's a great locker room guy, great leader. Captain. And he's and he's a, he's still a solid run stuffer for that defensive tackle position. So you sign him back for a one year deal, and the Jets that would eliminate the Jets' need to sign Quinn and Williams, um, draft Quinn and Williams. And like I like I just said a couple minutes ago, the only the only defensive player I want in this draft is Nick Bosa. It makes the most sense. The only one you want. The only one. The um, so, let me let me rephrase so that. Come, the, the, let me rephrase that. Right, the only one in the first round. Wait a minute. So if we draft like Josh Martin, you're Josh you're, Allen. What did I say? Josh Martin. We had Josh Martin. Yeah, we had Josh Martin. If we draft Josh Allen, you're coming away as a failed draft? No, but... Yeah, that's a harsh take. I'd rather have Nick Bosa. Like, it's like Nick Bosa, offensive lineman, than Josh Allen. Yeah, I'd rather have, like, a Super Bowl, but, like... <laughs> I don't know, man. I feel like... Take take one of the big uh, pass rushers, for sure. I mean, this team needs it. This team does need it. Needs it. But you also need a left tackle to protect Arnold. They really, they really. They need some like we can live with Brian Winters and Brandon Shell at the right side. Sure. But you need a center. Need you a need center. a left guard. Yep. <laughs> you need a left tackle. Yeah. It's and, not cutting it. And uh, good offensive linemen just don't become free agents. It's just not a thing. Exactly. If they do, they're like thirty-five. <laughs> yeah. It's not hard. And look, yeah, and look what happened with the Rams. They signed Andrew Withworth. The dude's 36, 37 years old. Yeah, he's good, but how much longer is he going to be with the Rams? Yeah, so, like, it's cool to piece together one or two of those guys. The Jets need realistically five new linemen, but, like, you know, they're going to have to get three new ones for this upcoming season. Absolutely, and I think, you know, the center position is huge. You can go after Mitch Morris, the center from the Chiefs, and Matt Parides, Paradise, I think his name is, from the Broncos. Left tackle, you can sign A.J. Can from the Jaguars or Roger Saffold from the Rams. Roger Saffold was part of the, one of the best offensive lines in the country. In the NFL with the Rams. And left tackle. Left tackle is dry. I looked at it. There is no one in that left tackle area. So you, the only way to get the left tackle is either you're staying with Kelvin Beecham or you're drafting Jonah Williams or, or one of those guys. But they're probably not going to draft a lineman at three. So this that means this GM is going to have to make a third-round successful pick. No Which chance. makes me think that, you know, if the Jets aren't seeing Nick Bosa, I think they trade back. I think they trade uh, back, so stock up on picks, get us get us the second round pick they don't have, and draft an offense lineman, a wide receiver threat, so, just more more guys. I don't know. I I am really on the stance that Mike McCagnan is not good at drafting. I don't want to have more picks, and I don't want to pass on Josh Allen just because Nick Bosa wasn't available. As an Ohio State fan, I would love Nick Bosa yeah. for sure. But but again, we're all saying this prior to the free agency starting, prior to anything starting. So we don't know. Like the Jets could go out and sign Deed Ford, and the Jets wouldn't need to sign Josh Allen. You know, we don't know what's going to happen yet. This is all speculation right now. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into 
the WWE, what's been going on with that, uh, XFL news, basketball news, Zion Williamson, Robert Kraft, NFL news, uh, Bryce Harper and the Dodgers, and you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Back after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Moffat on the Mic show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am Chris Klimazewski, the people's producer, filling in for Craig Moffat tonight as he is enjoying a Disturbia concert. Remember, you can call in at 631-676-2968 if you want to call in, talk to me, and talk to my good friend Mike, who is helping me out today as my guest. And look, you heard all the New York sports we talked about in the first half hour. Now we're going to get into the real juicy stuff. We're going to get into the WWE and the big news that shocked the WWE universe. Roman Reigns is in remission. He is back. He is back in the WWE. Yeah, he is back into he got the loudest cheer he's ever got in his entire life. I texted you that immediately. I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure that's the biggest pop Roman Reigns ever had. Ever. It's crazy to think that because he, he, re- he is a really good superstar. But, you know, he doesn't get the – he gets booed every, every chance he gets. Well, because he's not a really good superstar, Christian. He makes bad promos and pr- pretty boring matches, but – you know, it's good to see him back. It is No, it's definitely good to see him back. We're glad he's very healthy, and we're glad he's going to be back. And you know what? This might shake out because everyone, when he first announced it back in October, everyone was expecting, you know, Roman Reigns might be out for like a year or two. They were saying multiple years. Yeah, multiple years he might be back. He's back, was it four months after the yeah, fact? Right. Three months, I think. Yeah, math m- math is hard. We don't it's, know. It's tough. Math is hard. But, but yeah, it's... We're so happy he's back now, and like this, this changes everything. I think. I think this might change it like everything. I wouldn't say it changes everything, and you even he ever heard it said, heard him say it during his promo when he came out. People were chanting WrestleMania and everything like that. He was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's, let's slow down a bit there. Let's 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 crawl before we walk and walk before we run." That's exactly what he said. Yeah. Yeah. So it's gonna be exciting what they have plan for Roman down the road because before he before he got announced he was going he had leukemia he just won the WWE Universal Championship from Brock Lesnar which is fantastic this is what that's what we wanted we wanted the belt off Brock but then this happens and he put the belt back on Brock which now we hated well see I was only for Brock having the belt because I wanted him to walk into the octagon and fight Dan- Daniel Cormier with the WWE Universal title around his belt yeah, so he just not going to UFC he just like made that all up I don't know. I mean, look, the WWE and everything we hear is based off of rumors. We don't. Of course. There's nothing, nothing is ever reported correctly or anything like that, but everything is based off of rumors. That's what we heard when he first won the belt at, uh, was it Hell in a Cell? I believe it was when Brock Lesnar won the belt back. I don't remember. Um, Whenever he no, won the belt back. the Saudi show. Yeah. Whenever he won the belt back, that was the big rumor going around that, and especially after his confrontation with Daniel Cormier in the UFC octagon after Cormier's fight, it was everyone was expecting that DC and Lesnar were going to fight each other. And I thought, you know, I'm like, oh, this makes perfect sense that why Brock Lesnar has the belt now. You know, Vince wants to make money. Uh, Dana White wants to make money. It'll be a huge money grab if Brock Lesnar walks into a UFC octagon with a WWE Universal title around his belt. That's what I thought, but now that he, that didn't happen, you know, and whatever, we're all down the road now. Roman Reigns, again, back on track to Roman Reigns, 
he's back. And I, it's going to be very exciting to see what he does or what his storyline is down the road. Yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with him, to be honest. I don't know how. Because that was their guy. Oh, that was sure. their do- That was their guy. Once he uh, was out, they probably had to throw out their WrestleMania plans for the next, like, five years. Vince, <laughs> I, Vince was no, irate. You know, I'm laughing at that, but I think, no, I think Mike's absolutely right. They, <laughs> no, like, they had the bird things, like. Our guy is, is not here anymore. And but. now they were putting the eggs all in Seth Rollins' basket that he was going to be the new guy. And we see it. We're seeing oh, that now. You know, he won the Royal Rumble. He's fighting Brock Lesnar at Mania. But, like, you know, is this a possible, like, do we see Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins feuding down the road? What What do you think? Because I really have I no idea. I don't know. It's tough. I mean, they going to do that again? I, I mean, look, this is the WWE. Yeah, so they're going to do it again? Probably. You feel like five-month feud? Yeah, probably. What I would like to see is like a super short uh, shake-up and someone new come to Raw. You know, I saw the shake-up is going to happen after Mania, sometime after Mania, within a couple of weeks or so. But, yeah, they desperately need a shake-up uh, draft or whatever it is Yeah. On in WWE because, you know, you have guys on SmackDown who get no burn, guys on Raw who get no burn and everything like that. And it's being wasted. Like, it's crazy that some of these guys are being wasted. It's like, okay, well, you have 9,000 tag teams on SmackDown, but then you got the B team as the tag champs on Raw. Like, are we serious? Like, Yeah, I mean, they need to they need to do something. Because, like I said, the tag team, the Raw tag team uh, division is so terrible. It's a disgrace. And today, you know, if you were watching, you saw Aleister Black and Ricochet come out and fight the Revival. But the Revival got the jobber entrance. Yikes. Yikes is absolutely right. And, I mean, look, it was rumored months ago that, you know, the Revival was not happy with their what they got planned and everything like that. And they were like, just give it time and you'll be happy. They, they threatened it. They put the tag titles on them. But now two weeks in a row, I, I get I get it that you can't really have, you know, your NXT guys lose when they get called up. But, I mean, give give the NXT guys jo- uh, bum matches like against the Ascension um, Hawkins and Ryder, some just like some non-tag teams. Don't make them lose to the the revival. Don't make them beat the revival. They're just hammering how bad their tag team division is by having their tag team champions get jobbed every week. And to even speak of the tag team division, you look over at SmackDown, and they're I think they're packed with talent on SmackDown yeah. because you got you got the you got Mick Miz right now. You got the Usos. You got the Bar. You got the New Day. You got Sanity, who gets no TV time, which I'm so mad about. Also, the, the new tag team, Rusev and Nakamura. Rusev and Nakamura, yeah. yeah. You got them, and you got Gallows and Anderson. Yeah, oh, they're so buried. They are so buried. Them and Sanity are so buried. It's not even funny. But that's crazy, though, because it's crazy to think, you know, if Gallows and Anderson or Sanity were to go over to the Raw roster, they'd be the second-best tag team, easily. In our eyes. In our eyes, but I mean, they would certainly get buried there too. Yeah, for sure. But like Gable and Rude, like come on, that's terrible. Like I get it. Like I before last year, before the um, NXT New Orleans last year, I never really watched NXT, so I didn't really you know get all these things. Like I knew some of the guys who were getting called about. Like I knew how like big their names were and whatnot. But you know, I heard from what I heard was Bobby Rude was a huge one of the best heels in the company when he was on NXT. He comes up to the Raw roster. I don't think I've seen him be a heel yet. Well, he was solid-ish on SmackDown with the U.S. title run, but... 
that was short lived. And also as a baby face run, he has not been a heel yet. Which, He's not been a heel yet. No, and he owned TNA as a heel too. Yeah, beer. I heard beer money was fantastic. My one of my friends, he always he always says beer money was such a fantastic tag team. Like, and he was a heel. He was a heel in NXT. And why is he not a heel now? I don't know because he wears robes. I have no idea. I like. I don't get it. But you know, and this is kind of upsetting to us now because ever since you know you see guys get called up from NXT. They have, they've been, they've been, how do I'm saying this? They've been buried. They've yeah, been buried. They've been ruined. Been ruined. I mean, there's a few, there's only a couple of guys who haven't been ruined. Maybe Kevin Owens. I mean. That's Oscar, it. That's it. Maybe, Oscar, and Finn Balor. Oscar just got pinned clean by Mandy Rose on SmackDown. I don't even get me started with Oscar. I mean, oh my God. Oh this my is, first of all, last week, uh, last Saturday was the first time we've seen Oscar since the Royal Rumble. Good. It's not good. Like, what are they doing? And she she made Becky Lynch the hottest person in the company right now. Like, flames hot. Yeah. She made her tap out, and they just don't have Oscar on TV next week. Don't have Oscar on TV, and then pinned by Mandy Rose. Look, I'm all for the Mandy Rose push. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, for sure. But I mean, come on, man. It's the continuity there is just awful. You can't have that. But and this is gonna make me. This is making me a little nervous. You know, because you have these four guys: Ricochet, Alistair Black. Johnny Gargano and DIY getting these call-ups. Now, I mean, I don't think they're actual real call-ups yet. I think they're still going to be on the NXT roster. But it makes me it makes me scared that they're going to ruin these guys. Like, these, are the, four, yeah, these uh, are the four best guys in NXT. I do think those four are rather safe, though. Especially, oh, do I, you? I think Ricochet is safe. safe. Let's, let's go to 205, which they can't allow that. I mean, are they safe, though? Shinsuke Nakamura was white hot in NXT. White hot. White hot in NXT. What what is he doing now? He lost at WrestleMania and just had a bad heel turn. Even though I liked it. I thought it was very funny, but no one else really Look at, liked it. Okay, Sanity. Again, great in NXT. Oh, yeah. Where are they now? That's just unexplainable. Nikki Cross. Already buried. She was the, her first match on Raw. She was buried for yeah, tagging with Alicia Fox. And Lacey Evans. I mean, we didn't really see much of her because, you know, they had so much talent in NXT. But we know she's good from the Rumble. And she's... They have her walk forty feet and back. Oh, don't! <laughs> oh my gosh, have her in a match or at least. Talk. This is this the the stuff they're doing right now in the WWE is just awful. It's just not good. It's I mean, look, not great. I'm not gonna lie. Last week, the last week from Elimination Chamber to NXT was solid. That was a solid week of wrestling. I'm not gonna complain at all. Really, well, not much yeah, to complain. Well, you know, because the NXT guys are carrying the shows. Exactly, which is sad to say. That and I've said this time and time again that and this is well this is one of the reasons why I originally didn't start watching NXT because everyone you tell me Clem NXT was so good this weekend yeah you didn't watch it I was like nah man I didn't watch it because how can what is quote unquote the minor leagues for the WWE be better than what they got on the main roster three letters Triple H exactly Triple H is the man he's. He's running this company, and he really needs to run the, these main rosters. And also, I think it it goes to show maybe it's the hour that helps. I mean, they could put on three, four matches like tops, and I think that works in their favor. I think that the three-hour thing kills Raw. Cause three hours. Oh, it's too much. It is It is a lot. Two, it is, two is fine. Two is fine. SmackDown does a good job, and oh, one, the sure. one-hour NXT gets is, excuse me, solid. Yeah. Last week, Velveteen Dream and Johnny Gargano put on a, one hell of a match. Oh, it was great. I knew it was going to be a classic when it like the bell rang with like twenty five minutes left of the show. And that's another thing too I want to get into. You know, Velveteen. You know, Johnny Gargano has been clamoring 
all of 2019, all of 2018, all all 2017, just trying to get a title. He finally gets one at Phoenix. And then a couple weeks later, he loses to Velveteen Dream. Now, I know Velveteen Dream has been working his ass off to get a a title belt, and he absolutely deserves, deserves it. But what's next for Johnny Gargano now? I don't know, but no one has successfully defended the North American title. Mm-hmm. So I like what they're doing with that. But what's that for Johnny? I'm assuming something with DIY. I mean, they keep teasing it. Like, yeah. I mean, they literally tagged together last week and the week before. Yeah, so, but it's like, you know what? Gargano, even you saw, if you for those who watched NXT this weekend, you saw it was like Candice LeRae was like, what are you doing here to – to Tommaso Ciampa, and even Gargano's like still not all 100% on the back on the DIY train, but ooh, HBK's back. Look at this. Everyone's back for Ric Flair's 70th birthday. The GOAT. Is he wearing the NXT hat? Looks oh, like it. probably, for sure. Is that, is that Kevin Owens back there? No, it's Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. But uh, did you see there's four unannounced teams for the tag team tourney for the NXT? Yes, and for those who read the spoilers on Reddit, on all the blo- on all the wrestling forums, I don't know who those other three are, but I've, I've heard the other team is, and we saw it tonight. It's Al- One of them is Aleister Black and Ricochet. Oh, I, I was going to predict here that one of them would have been DIY. I wouldn't hate it. But no, then, you, but sure then, not. but then you're taking the NXT title out of the picture for like whatever that is, for the. Well, I mean, they don't have to win the tournament. Well, no, yeah, you're right, but I think what I think is going to happen is you're going to see again Johnny Gargano versus Tommaso Ciampa with. That's fine. With Gargano finally winning the belt. Sure. I mean, has he beaten him yet? Oh, I was about to say that's not Ric Flair. Yeah, it's definitely not. <laughs> Ricky the Steamboat Dragon making an appearance for Ric Flair's 70th birthday. Something crazy has got to happen here. I mean, I expect Becky to go full Austin here. I mean, yeah, I'm expecting her to drive the beer truck, the Zamboni, down down the road, down the aisle, and just annihilate everything. I mean, we saw Becky Lynch earlier in the night, but, oh, Kurt Angle, come on. Boo. He does suck. He does. You know, it's funny too. It's it's funny he goes along with the gimmick now. Yeah, I feel like you got to at this point. You're just associated with it, whether you hate him or love him. You just got to say you suck when he walks out. I love his heel run back in like oh four oh five when he would make the uh, like production team bleep out the you sucks. That was very funny. (laughs) He was he was so good at his prime for sure. He was not. He was great. And and Mike, you mentioned it a little bit. You know, Kevin Owens. What we seeing with these. You know, a little back alley, like bowling alley, uh, movie theater, movie theater promo, cell phone, yeah. iPhone cut uh, promos. I mean, are we expecting him sooner rather than later? Because it was originally reported that he was not coming out until after Mania. But, I mean, it seems like he's they're trying to prep him for Mania, maybe even a fast lane appearance. I don't know. I mean, remember when they ran a Sami Zayn promos like a couple months ago and he's yeah. still not back? So, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to see what they do. Look, I have my theory is what they're going to do is at Mania, we're going to see, and we're going to get into this this next topic in a bit. I think they're going to do Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston versus Kevin Owens at Mania. Ooh, I don't. I think they'll just save him for Raw after Mania because last year Raw after Mania, Joe made his injury return. Jeff Hardy mm-hmm. they usually save those guys to that day. I could see like them, him and Sami Zayn coming back, winning the tag belts that night. 
I wouldn't hate that. I wouldn't oh, hate sure. that. I mean, that would give some legitimacy to this Raw tag division, which is terrible. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Owens and Sammy would be instantly, instantly the best tag team. Which is, which is crazy to think about that, you know? I mean, they are very good, so... You know what I think it's hurting them, too? I mean, look, I know AOP is really dominant, dominant, but, I mean, who is it, Akar or Azar? One of them's injured. Akam and Razor. Yeah, Akam and Razor. Wow, I was way off on names. Yeah. Um, them being hurt doesn't help the division either. Yeah, I don't know which one's hurt either, but the other one tagged with a random person the other week. It was um, Scott Dawson. Oh yeah, Scott. It was real weird, real that weird. With weird. that, it was a it was a pre show match at um, yeah, elimination chamber. They just don't know what they're doing. I feel like with this tag division. We'll put us in charge of the tag divi- the tag division. We'll make it we'll make it nice and spotless. But sure. um, yeah, this what they're doing right now is just I just I really don't know. I really wish I had an answer for what they're doing on uh, SmackDown and Raw. But you know, Kofi Kingston. We're getting Kofi Kingston versus Daniel Bryan at Fastlane. Love it. Oh, for sure. I mean, he's so over right now. You had to capitalize. I mean, he's easily the hottest male athlete in the company right oh, now. Oh, for sure. I, I mean, feel like, uh, and uh, as I think he's the second right behind Becky. Yeah, Becky's, you know, crazy. But. Yeah. Now, what came out was that, you know, he was supposed to take Mustafa. He took Mustafa Ali's place in the gauntlet match. This was all supposed to be Mustafa Ali. So do you think, you know, if... If if Mustafa Ali never got injured and competed in the gauntlet match, competed in Elimination Chamber, you think this would be his title run? Everyone would be behind it for like Mustafa Mania. No, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, see, I don't think so either. But I, Kofi Kofi's been here for so long. Like we we, we love Kofi. Yeah, m- m- me and Mike were remembered Kofi when he was Jafakin. Yeah. yeah, I remember his debut promos coming to SmackDown. It was amazing. Yeah, he was. He, we I love. Kofi. I've been a huge Kofi Kingston fan. I've always loved him. I've never hated Kofi Kingston. He's always been a solid wrestler. It's always been, but he's never, he's never really been in the world, ta- the world ta- um, tag team, the world title picture. You know, he's never been really in it. Really, he's been a great tag wrestler. He's been in the Intercontinental numerous times, United States numerous times, but never really in the world tag, the the world title picture. I mean, it's true. That's just a fact. I know, and I think you know what I think. Everyone's riding the Kofi Mania wave, and Vince has got to see that we Kofi needs the belt. He, I think oh, he really does. I don't, I, don't, I don't think they'll give. You don't think so? I think a dead giveaway is they just made the hemp belt. I mean, I don't think they're going to get rid of it and so that, soon. And that's what made me think about it, too, for when it was happening at Elimination Chamber, that I didn't think that uh, Daniel Bryan was going to lose. Oh, because like, yeah, cause you texted me that. I was like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Like, they just made this cool hemp belt. I don't think that, uh, I don't think that they'll give it up right away. For sure. And, um. I mean, I don't think Kofi is even going to get a WrestleMania title match. I don't think they're gonna, this is going to last that long. Do you think so? I mean, look, everyone's behind Kofi. Everyone's really behind Kofi right now. And look, and like Becky, no one was really expecting Becky to be right there because the original plans were for when Ronda came in to, at the Royal Rumble last year where her, was to, for her to fight Charlotte at, main, at this mania, which we're getting. We're getting, we're getting Ronda versus Charlotte right now. But because Becky is literally white hot, well, uh, Shawn Michaels has a cool mustache. That distracted me for a minute. Um, <laughs> Becky is white hot right now, and everyone's riding the Becky wave. And you got you got to give Becky the you got to give Becky the uh, this uh, title opportunity. And this wasn't expecting it, so I feel like you know they might do the same thing with Kofi. Like we were, no one was expecting Kofi to be this white hot, and I think they got to put him in a Mania match. It's Batista. Whoa. 
Hold the phones. What's going on here? (laughs) Breaking news. Batista's back. (laughs) Batista's back. I'm sure this is an angle to get him and Triple H. Oh my goodness. We got two minutes of Raw left. How are they going to fit this in? <laughs> what are they doing? He's definitely gonna is that Rick? Like a 90-year-old Ric Flair out. <laughs> yeah. you know, oh Rick my gosh. So I mean, he's 70 years old. By God. <laughs> they are just dragging his carcass out. Oh, oh so whoa. intimidating. Wow. Man, we are, people listening, we are so sorry. We are just stunned at what we just witnessed right now. You know, we all thought possibly thought this was going to be yeah it's a batista heel turn as you can see by the closed captioning yes we don't we don't have it uh we have the tv muted in here but we have the closed captioning on and he was like he just literally just said to triple h hey hunter do i have your attention now and we didn't think this was going to happen because at crown jewel we heard after the fact we saw Triple H had a massive pictorial tear in his in his chest. We didn't think we were going to... And everyone was expecting that we were going to get Triple H Batista at Mania, especially after the SmackDown... What was it? 1000? Yeah, SmackDown. Yes. SmackDown 1000. We saw the feud. We saw... And he, Batista was like, but you never beat me. Yeah, I got it. He, te- he teased it there. But then, again, like I just said, after Crown Jewel, Triple H tore his peck, and we basically all thought it was off there. But and now I mean this confirms it. This I think this confirms. absolutely confirms that we're gonna get Triple H Batista at Mania, which is fantastic. Because Triple was one, Triple H can still go. He still can. Also, this was the most Ric Flair thing ever to just have, just get beat up on your birthday celebration. <laughs> and you know what the crazy <laughs> thing is too? We thought this was gonna be Becky Lynch doing the beating yeah. up. We thought Becky Lynch was gonna do it somehow and be like, Well, put me in the match now because I just beat the crap out of your father, Charlotte, or whatever it was. We all thought this was going to be Becky, but we saw Becky earlier in the night come out. And you know what? We, we, Mike, we said we were saying coming in that, you know, something's got to happen for Ric Flair. Because no offense to Ric Flair. Like, he's great and everything. But, you know, they're not just going to celebrate his 70th birthday. That's so weird. Yeah, there's no celebration that goes according to plan in WWE. It just doesn't happen. Exactly. So... But I, this was I was not expecting. I was not expecting Batista to come out of all people. Yeah, for real. I, I think like Mike, like we just said, this confirms Triple H Batista at WrestleMania. Oh, confirms? Yeah, no, for sure it confirms. For sure. For I mean, I'm just I'm taking back honestly. Like, there's other like I don't I don't even know if I can even get into the other stuff that I want to talk about with the WWE. That, that's big news. That's that's huge. Hall of Famers. It's huge news, and that's gonna be very exciting when that happens. I mean, another couple of other things to want to get um, want to talk about. Lacey Evans. There's a rumor that Lacey Evans is gonna get a huge push sure. in 2019, and the rumor is she, Lacey Evans, is gonna fight Oscar at WrestleMania. Sure. I mean, let's. <laughs> that sounds good because, you know, Lacey Evans is good. Oscar's very good, so they should probably use their good wrestlers. Exactly, like and been doing lately. Mike, you said a call, you said it just before that Lacey Evans. We really didn't see a lot of Lacey Evans down on NXT, but we saw her do just be fantastic in the Royal Rumble. She came out in number one. She lasted over 30, 35 minutes in the Rumble in her debut match. That was her debut match, and it's crazy to think that she hasn't wrestled since then. We just see her come out do these little three second. Walk down, walk down the ramps, walk back up, interrupt people, and it's just getting annoying because we want to see we want to see Lacey Evans wrestle. 
Yeah, it's terrible. Hopefully Vince doesn't like think of her as just like a good-looking person because she's way more than that. Oh, absolutely. And right now she's just being used as a quote-unquote diva. I mean, she's how could you not think that she's walking up and down a ramp? Yeah, I mean, it's that's so ridiculous. She's so much better than that. Let's have her skills utilized. Exactly. No, it's gonna be. It's, it's, I, I'm very excited to see the Lacey Evans push. Um, other news: there was more WWE superstars being released, being. Um, Hideo Itami, uh, you mentioned Ty Dillinger was released, and Arn Anderson has been released too from the production team. I think this is huge for AEW. Arn Anderson? Arn Anderson. For backstage stuff. Backstage stuff, okay. yeah. Uh, I mean, sure, I guess. I don't know. But I mean, I feel like guys like, you know, you had Ty Dillinger, who was huge on NXT. This was, and we didn't, Mike didn't watch, start watching NXT until like last year, so we never really. Got to experience what Ty Dillinger was like on NXT. But from what I've read, from what I saw, Ty Dillinger was huge on NXT. Comes up to the main roster, gets jobbed. He gets jobbed. So, and then a guy like Hideo Tommy, who was apparently Triple H's guy. That was like the first guy, like, who was there in NXT with Triple H. And then due to injuries, he never really caught it. And then now now he's injured. And, I mean, he was showed a little bit on 205 Live. Now he's released, and I think this is huge for AEW, and I feel like AEW can benefit by signing these guys, and even Arn Anderson, too. Arn Anderson to be on the production team for AEW. And also for the WWE creative team, Bruce Pritchard was signed to be on their production team to do a little bit of creative work for the WWE, whether it's writing, whether it's just whatever it is. Having Bruce Pritchard, for those that know don't know Bruce Pritchard, he used to be... He was the original manager for The Undertaker back in the day, and he hosts a very, very popular podcast, Something to Wrestle With, with Bruce Pritchard. He's the red guy, right? Yes, he was the really red guy, and he was he was also the senior vice president for TNA in 2008. So, I mean, I think this is good for the WWE to have him back. To have he was Yeah, he was Brother Love. That was his name. Yeah, yeah. So I think this is very good for the creative team, especially where where the WWE is trying to go now with creative wise, and uh, it's been you know kind of stinking the past couple of months, they, the past month. They've I'll been say. stinking up the joint. That's a yeah. fact. So I mean, look, the having these, having guys like a Tommy Arn Anderson and Ty Dillinger leave doesn't help, but having Bruce Pritchard come come back does help a little bit. So it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what the WWE does down the road and see what they can they can do. But on that note, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get into NBA. We're going to get into the Robert Kraft situation. We're going to get into more NFL offseason moves. The Dodgers and Bryce Harper are still going to get into that. But, and you're only going to get that soon. You've been listening to the Moffat on the Mic radio show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffat on the Mic on, on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Moffat on the Mic show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am Chris Klimazuski filling in for Craig Moffat tonight. You can call in at uh, 631-676-2968 and you can check us out on our Facebook live stream, Periscope, the TuneIn app, and we are now on YouTube Live. You can check out our live stream all over YouTube. Wow, we're famous. We are pretty famous. Yep. We are pretty famous. And this that is my humble friend, Mike Dawes. Mike has helped me out tonight by filling in. 
And look, we just saw some crazy stuff going down on Monday Night Raw with the official return of Batista. It looks like he's coming back, and it's going to be a Triple H Batista match at WrestleMania. But I mean, look on to on to other news. We have the speaking of the WWE, the XFL back in the news, back in the news today, as we had the XFL possibly being sold. I was look scrolling all up and down. Bleacher Report today, seeing what we can talk about, and I saw the possibility of the XFL being sold. Uh, Wrestling WrestlingInc.com tweeted it, uh, wrote an article about it that Vince is possibly looking for other viewers, uh, other people to buy the company, especially with. I can say how good, not good, but how how the AAF has ex- exceeded some people's ex- expectations in some of the play. Uh, yeah, it had a good opening weekend viewership-wise, but I mean, I think it's settling in now to being just a terrible league. I don't know. I'm, Have you watched? I've watched a bunch of games because I've watched. I've, I, follow, I follow the AAF on Instagram, and I've definitely seen some of the plays that they have. I mean, some of the some of the players do look pretty solid. Like Garrett Gilbert, the quarterback for the um, oh my gosh, I don't remember what team he is. He's been having a solid season so far. Trent Richardson is he back? I mean, he he's scoring a lot of touchdowns. He looks a lot smaller yeah. than when he was in the NFL. But all these games are like fifteen to ten, nine to yeah. seven. I mean, I'm not the guy to scream and like shout about. I want points, but these games stink. Yeah, they're not they're not offensive games, and I think it's to the fact that most of these guys couldn't really make it on an NFL roster, well, and that's why that's why this league they couldn't make it. They couldn't make it. I mean, some of these guys. I mean, we have seen some solid names like Zach Stacy used to be a solid running back in the NFL. Not a solid running back, but sure, he was he was decent. He had a decent he had a decent couple of years. Trent Richardson was a former first round pick. Uh, Jalen Marshall. This this is full of just terrible old Jets. This league. Yeah, I forgot who. I think it was K, KFC from Barstool. I think tweeted out and it was like, I think there's 32 former Jet players in this league. It's probably accurate. Also, Galvin Escobar is a tight end, former Cowboys tight end. I remember him. I liked him. Yeah, he's. I I couldn't. I thought he was still in the NFL. <laughs> but yeah, so the XFL possibly being sold, maybe to the maybe to the uh, AAF, make a bigger league. But as of right now, the XFL is not being sold. And Jim Zorn was named the Seattle, the head coach of the Seattle team. Jim Zorn, for those that don't know, he used to coach the the Redskins back in 2008 and 2009. He was a and he was basically a quarter a journeyman quarterback coach throughout his career. So I mean, you get a name like that. You already had Bob Stoops announced as the as the Dallas head coach, which is huge. That's a huge no, that get. That was a huge one. That was a very big one for sure. Very big. And then you have now you have Pep Hamilton was named the head coach of the Washington, D.C. team. So these guys are former coaches in the NFL and who who basically really didn't have, like, the most amazing careers. But, I mean, you get you get some solid names out there just to draw a crowd for now in the XFL. I think, I think what Vince is trying to do is he's trying to make sure, like, he doesn't repeat what he did the first time with the XFL. Yeah, you know, he's going to have to make this last longer, you would think. Exactly. I think... I think, you know, he learned from his mistakes last time. I, I really do think that, you know, having a guy like Bob Stoops, Pep Wilson, form, you know, all these were former head coaches in the NFL. And, and not Bob Stoops, but Bob Stoops is a famed college oh, a, yeah. college head coach. I want the Jet I want Bob Stoops to get to get the Jets head coaching job this season. Not gonna lie. He would never that would never happen, but you know, I can dream. But sure. but you know, they're gonna have to keep getting these big names if they want to succeed. And I don't think that's what the 
X, the AAF did. They really didn't get big names in there. I mean, yeah, they're going to probably use this as a develop. Mike Singletary? Mike Singletary. But that's wow. it, though. The disrespect. Oh, and Steve Spurrier. But that's it. Of course. That, that is it. That, that is, is it. That, exactly. you, know, you know, they didn't really get the, the big the big names out there. and I But I think, you know, they're going to try. I think what the NFL should do with the XFL and the AAF is use these as minor league systems. For teams that can't, that like, for guys who aren't developed correctly, like, you know, you see Christian Hackenberg, Garrett Gilbert, Trent Richardson, Jalen Marshall, Gavin Escobar, all these guys who were in the NFL but failed. And now they're, they're getting a second chance to prove that they could still play. You know, and Garrett Gilbert right now is looking like a solid, I mean, look, I don't think he could start in the NFL, but it look, it's looking like he can be a backup on the team. Now, it'll be interesting to see if the NFL teams will you know, pick some of these players out of this AAF. I saw the Chargers scouts said we're definitely sending some scouts over to the AAF games, which is interesting. It's yeah, it's going to be interesting, and we and people have been saying, oh, the 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 NFL needs a minor league system because some of these college some of these college players don't get a, really an opportunity after college. Very true. I mean, they, they realistically get two and a half preseason games, three. Yeah. So which yeah, is really which is really nothing. But now you get a full a, a full spring season of football with between the XFL or the XFL in 2020 but right now the AAF and it's going to be very exciting to see what the what the XFL can do as a, as as they develop in 2020. I think they still have to go out and get some big names, you know, obviously. But I mean, it's going to be it's going to be cool to see though to see what kind of players they get too because you know, we basically see the best of the the best of the best garbage players who who couldn't make the NFL being the AAF. So you think those guys are going to jump to the XFL? You think those guys are going to? Yeah, it, uh, it's all about, like, they got to get the interesting quarterback names. Yeah. If they can somehow get, like, Johnny Manziel or something like that, maybe get, like, Tim Tebow. They got to, like, if they if they have a game versus, like, Johnny Manziel versus Tim Tebow, that will get ratings. And, look, we all know Christian Hackenberg stinks. But we heard, me and Mike heard we were starting, and we were just like, got to watch this. Well, I think that's only Jet fans think that. So, yeah, it's only Jet fans. Only but, yeah, Jet fans. but, again, like. But yeah, only Jet fans. Would, but again, that's a huge that's a huge market to get. You're looking at just Jet fans to see if Christian Hackenberg can actually do good. I mean, which turns out, no, he stinks in two leagues now. So he's awful. But second round pick. Yeah, we're not going to get it back into that. But yeah, I think the XFL is going to have to get some the big quarterback names, the big coaching names. I mean, you already started out with Bob Stoops, so. Uh, Vince McMahon still has some work to do, and it's going to be very exciting to see how the uh, XFL can develop down the road. Um, other big news, Bryce Harper and the Dodgers. That's that's huge. I think this is big. I think the Dodgers are back in on Harper. I don't know if you saw the picture or the video. Oh, the, Brinks. the Brinks. The Brinks Banks truck was at the Dodgers facility today. And for those that don't know, the Brinks Banks truck, they carry all the money. That's where all the money is. <laughs> It was it was at the Dodgers facility today. I mean, I I highly doubt you know they were just carrying all of Bryce Harper's money in there, but it's funny to think that it was just so coincidental that you know the Dodgers are talking to Bryce Harper and then bam, there's the money truck. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the teams that had you know top three in payroll for the past like decade. Are mm-hmm. they really gonna put another thirty million a year minimum on it? It's gonna be tough too, but you know we saw it. Back in December, or I think early late December, early January, when the Dodgers traded away Yasiel Puig and Matt Kemp, basically freeing up some outfield spots for for a possible what we thought at the time was Bryce Harper. But then 
it was soon after reported that Bryce Harper was not on the Dodgers' radar anymore. And they freed up them, they freed up the, that cap space too. But now it was reported that it was reported this morning that the Dodgers are back in on Bryce Harper. I mean, they should be. They absolutely should be. This team needs to get this. They need a World Series, like they really do. It. I kind of. I feel bad for Clint Kershaw. He hasn't helped himself though. Yeah, not helping himself in the postseason. But I mean, look, this dude is arguably one of the best pitchers of the 2000s, 2010. Oh, he'll walk in the Hall of Fame. Walk into the Hall of Fame. But horrendous yeah. playoff stats. I mean, it's bad. It's been better, but it's still not good. Not good. Not no. Good. But again, yeah, a guy having a guy like Bryce Harper. I mean, me and Craig have talked about like how much does he actually help a team because you know, he was there with that amazing Nationals team all those years. They never even got to the NLCS. Yeah, they've been really bad. They've been and really. I mean, Bryce Harper. I I don't like him. I know I you don't like him. He's wildly overrated, but I mean, he will help the Dodgers. He will help the Dodgers, yeah. But in in a way, though, because you know, he is Bryce Harper. He's one of them. When he when he's on, he's on. He's he's MV, he's an MVP caliber guy. But I mean, what Bryce Harper are we gonna get? Are we gonna get the. The 2015 Bryce Harper, when he just went off, hit three, like 330, 35-plus home runs, 100-something RBIs. Or are we going to get the always injured Bryce, the, the half-the-season half injured Bryce Harper, who hits 240? Even in that year, some big Bryce Harper hater. 42 home runs, I think, and 99 RBIs. He got 100 last year, I think, for the first time in his career. Yeah, with, with how good the national team was, it should have been a lot better. You had, you had Strasburg, you had Tanner Roark, who was solid at the time, Scherzer. Gio Gonzalez, solid pitch, a solid rotation. You have Bryce Harper, Anthony Randone, Trey Turner, all these solid guys. Wilson Ramos. And you have all these solid guys, and then you get the you, Bryce Harper really led this team to nowhere. Led them to the NLDS year after year and did nothing. Maybe it shows he's not the guy. Maybe it shows, and maybe that's why he still hasn't signed yet. He's a little overrated. Well, also, he's a Boris guy. I think he was waiting for Machado. I think no matter what, Machado was signing first because, all right, Machado got $300 million. Harper's going to get like $301 million. <laughs> like 100% he's going to get more than Oh, absolutely. Machado, absolutely. Sure. And it was reported that he is going to sign at the end of the week. Ooh. So it's going to be very interesting because apparently the Phillies are still in on him too. Um, I think the the Padres are now out on on him. It looks like he's staying in now. Looks like he's staying in. Hopefully, out. the Dodgers. I don't want him in the East. Uh, Get him out of the East. Get Dude, him out. Him in Philly. Oh, uh, that's that's like that smells like forty-five home runs. Look, and we just and we just finished with the the Phillies being good. We don't need the Phillies to be good I this mean, quickly they, again. They stunk at the end, but like, come on, don't get Bryce Harper. Don't get Bryce Harper. We don't need him in the East anymore. Send him over to the Dodgers, where we will we'll hate him even more. So I mean, it's gonna be very exciting to see what the Bryce Harper saga. Turns into at the end of the season. I mean, at the end of this week, which which he does sign to. And I think he will fit good with the with the Dodgers because they need outfielders. Right now, I'm pretty sure it's just um. You got Bellinger who can play outfield. You got Jock Peterson. And like, I think that's it. Holes out there. I uh, did they do they no they traded um, oh. Alex their prospect Alex Vertigo, Vertigo. Vertigo is the thing where you pass out if you're too high in the air. Yes, yeah. I know that. Okay. But um, Vertigo definitions there. Um, yeah, I think they. Yeah, he'll fit fantastically in in the blue and white of the Dodgers. 
Next to keep with the baseball. Oh, is that, is that why people are freaking about Troy to the whiskey? Because he had a home run today. I told you. I just told you he had a. I told you he had a home run earlier. I don't like to listen to you. You're really annoying. <laughs> but I mean, come on, guys. Spring no, but that. But I think that's what people are saying for. Yeah, met, yeah. See, Dave Roberts met with Bryce Harper. So I mean, it looks yeah, like it's more than likely Bryce Harper is going to be in Los Angeles this season. And look, they're showing. City Field. Why are they showing all Met highlights? Strict Met ranking. What is this? Anyway. All right. It's either the Dodgers or the Phillies for sure. Yeah, because the Padres are reported out on him, and we haven't really heard any other teams. Unless you you have. I mean, to me, those are the only two teams I've heard. But to, to Mike, to go back to what you talked about with Troy Tulowitzki, if he can do this and stay healthy – but if if he can do this, I, I mean, hate playing the if game. Well, the, we're Mets fans. We play the Met, we play the if game every year, and it, and, ha, and it never works. Like not even once. No, you sold me. You were trying to sell me last year on this team's going to be good. Todd Frazier, you Adrian should, Gonzalez. No, eleven and one. I started out hot. Yeah. <laughs> Look mean, what happened after that, man. I told you this team was going to stink last year. Yeah, a hot prediction. Hey, the Mets are going to be bad this year. <laughs> <laughs> like really went out on a limb. But, yeah, Tulowitzki, if he can stay healthy. We're playing the if game right now. If he can stay healthy, I think he can be a solid DH for the Yankees. Dude, like his – I know. No, I agree with you. If He's he, not going to stay healthy. he plays 130 games in this miracle world that is not Earth. He's what, – what's his best-case scenario? Like 25 home runs? Is that is that bad, though? 25 home runs? I think that's way – I don't think he'll even hit 20. I think he's really bad. I think if he can stay with the DH spot – Play a hundred plus games. You know they just keep showing these Met highlights. I don't get it. But if they if they can if he can play a hundred plus games, he'll crack fifteen plus home runs. I mean, big wolf. I personally, I would put Glaber at short, Lemayhew at second, let Bird and Voigt figure that out at first. Oh, I, uh, see, I'm off on Bird. I like him a lot, but I'm he's off on he. He's the Travis Darno of the Yankees. Even worse. No. Uh, I, his comment when he was terrible last year, and he was like, oh, whatever, I have 8,000 more at-bats. He's not getting 8,000 more at-bats. He can't stay healthy. He cannot stay healthy. That's the problem. He stinks. How about that problem with Greg Bird? No, I think he's good, but he really, he literally can't stay on the field for the life of him. He's Travis Darno. He was like – wasn't he healthy like all last year? And just No. He wasn't good. I think he's more bad than hurt. No, I think he's more hurt than bad. No, you're wrong. No, no, you're wrong. But I think the Yankees there should be all should be all in on Luke Voigt. Sure. I think they should I'm, all. You know, I'm sure they'll trade for some big slugger at the deadline because they're just stupid Yankees. I mean, look, Mike Mustakis is still a free agent. No, he's not. He's not with the Brewers. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, almost. But I'm sure they'll trade for someone at the deadline if Voigt's not doing the job. Maybe. Like, I can't believe you think Greg Bird is more hurt than bad. Look at his stats, please. I'm, I'm pulling it up. I mean, he's terrible. He also just he, – he wasn't really good at first base last year either. I mean, what if the Yankees do this? What if they put Sanchez at first and just keep Romine at catcher? Because Co- Romine's a decent catcher. He's not awful. Not a good hitter. He's good defensively. Sure, whatever. And, we, and people know that Sanchez isn't the best defensive catcher in the league. Bro, Greg Bird – 311 plate appearances. That's like half a season. Play 82 games. That's literally almost half a season. Okay. 
He hit 199. He wasn't even on base. Oh, yeah, that's pretty He's bad. Terrible. That's pretty bad. I thought his numbers yeah. were like... 250. That's not bad. The home runs aren't bad and RBIs. 11 home runs in 82 games. That That's basically 22 home runs in a season. That's not bad. Uh, what? That's well, yeah, not but even 80 RBIs? In 20, yeah, but 22 home runs with, a, with guys like Stanton, Judge, and Duhar, no, 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 Glaber no, no, no. Torres in your lineup? This is a and Sanchez? Baseman. This is a lefty first baseman, and he's on the Yankees. This is supposed to be 30 home runs. Or if you're not gonna hit, if you're gonna hit 22 home runs on pace, what would have been last year? You got to hit like 260 at least. He hit 199. Uh, I don't think he's good, and I don't think I'm going out on a limb and saying. All right, he's bad. Okay, whatever. It's whatever. But um, in other baseball news, Bud Black gets a extension for the Colorado Rockies, which I think he's well deserving of that extension. He deserves it without a doubt. Rockies had a phenomenal year last year, and I think they're on the come up. I think they're. I think the West is theirs. Oh, it's theirs. I think it's there. If Bryce Harper goes to the Dodgers, then we'll, well, then we'll be talking. But right now, I think the West is fully on the Rockies. I mean, I expect Murphy to compete for the batting title this year. Oh my gosh! I mean, he will lead the league in doubles. Right I think that now. that might be the best signing of the offseason. Yeah, because what he'll do there, he'll if he's healthy, which he always is, he never strikes out, and he just, he's a doubles machine. How is he going to be in Coors Field? You think he'll be playing second or first? Uh, probably both, for sure. Not at the same time. But <laughs> I mean, that'd be crazy. <laughs> that would be crazy. But I really expect him to be top three in doubles. I mean, top three in average. He will be good for that team. And that team is just loaded with bats. Yeah, and they're – you know, it's tough to lose Adam Adovino in the offseason because he had a stellar yeah, year last good. season, under three ERA, and that's coming from Coors Field. No one yeah, yeah. no one pitches under three in Coors Field ever. I don't even think their best pitcher at that time, who was um, Jorge De La Rosa. Yikes. When they, that was their best pitcher. When they made the World Series in 2007, I don't even think he pitched under three. Uh, but now you have – you. I mean, Adam Adovino's gone – but you have um, who's their closer? Wade Davis. Wade Davis. He had a solid year last yeah, year. Well, second half was terrible. But second half, yeah. Second, I had him on my fantasy team. I would know. Um, he's pretty bad. Yeah. But I mean, look, he had forty plus saves. It's good. And you have the emergence of some of the solid guys in the rotation, like John Gray. I think John Gray can be a very good pitcher. That's the guy you point out in their rotation. How about Herman Marquez, who had an insane strikeout rate? I gotta think of that. I can't even think of the uh, John Gray was terrible. I mean, yeah, he strikes guys out, but Herman Marquez, I mean, he really... There's another name we're missing out here, too. Oh, I had him on my fantasy team. Um, let's hear it. Let's hear your Kyle name. Freeland. Oh, he was very good. Very, very, very good. good. Still, Marquez, though, with those strikeouts, that was an unbelievable year he had last year. And we talk about guys who don't pitch under three ERA. Kyle Freeland had a monstrous year. Oh, 17 yeah. wins, seven losses, 2.85 ERA, 173 strikeouts. It was interesting. His home stats are actually better than away. That Yeah, that is crazy. I remember that. Yeah, I, I live on baseballreference.com. So. That was wild. And Juan Marquez, I mean, Herman Marquez, yeah. 14 wins, 11 losses, 3.77 ERA, 230 strikeouts. That's a lot. With a, with a 1.2 whip. Like this, this team, this Rockies team is solid, and you still have Charlie Blackman, Ian Desmond, David Dahl is in your is in your outfield. He had a ten point six K per nine. <sighs> that 
that's off the charts. That's that's for, wild. For a Colorado pitcher as well. I think. Look, I think this. I think this. Rock. I think the the West is the Rockies right now, unless the Yankees, unless the Dodgers sign. Well, Vegas says it's the Dodgers. You know, obviously you could bet who wins the division. So. I mean, yeah, you're a gambling man, you know. Of course. Who would you bet on right now to win the West? I I would bet the Rockies because the Dodgers are like the overwhelming favorites, and there's better value at going with the Rockies. I mean, they could slug their way to a division title for sure. They literally can. This in this this team is just up and down. It's crazy, with the exception of you know Chris Iannetta is still your catcher. That's that's whatever. Who it's whatever. If he if he's batting eight for you guys, it's isn't, not. Isn't Ryan McMahon a catcher? Ryan McMahon's playing second base. It looks like I'm looking at that depth chart right now. They have Ryan McMahon at second base, and they got Murphy at first. What's their outfield? What's here? Left field, you got Charlie Blackman. Center, Ian Desmond. Right field, David Dahl. Yeah, they're gonna need Dallas step up for sure. They are because two years ago he was when he got called up he was amazing. Yeah. Last year, last year the injury bug caught him, Definitely. and he it not it does not help him out. But if David Dahl can step up huge, Ian Desmond can have another big season. Again, this is this is gonna be a terrifying Rockies team. Yeah, because you know Blackman, Arenado, and Murphy are gonna go off, and Story. Oh, absolutely, Story. I mean, that that whole infield between Murphy, Story, and Arenado. Might have twenty five plus home runs. Oh my god, easily. Wait, you talking <laughs> about combined or each? Each. Oh, I was gonna say yeah, for sure each. <laughs> Arenado might hit forty. I mean, he is elite. I think this might be the year Arenado wins the MVP. Ooh, in the NL, it's gonna be tough. Um, yeah, I mean Noah Syndergaard. I don't know. He's due. Noah Syndergaard, James Grom. Let's go. <laughs> See, that's the thing with the Mets too. Like, if everyone, if the Mets rotation can stay healthy, they are MV, MVP candidates. Crazy as it sounds. Yeah, and you know what I wouldn't hate, and he's still a free agent. Dallas Keuchel. I wouldn't seems unnecessary, but it, no, absolutely seems unnecessary. But I wouldn't hate it. Like you just move Var, you just move Vargas to the bullpen and or just release him. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have a bad second half last year. No, it was actually pretty good. Like him and Conforto had very good second halves that no one talks about, and Rosario too. Yeah, Wheeler had the best second half of any baseball Wheeler, player. True. So I mean, like I mean, we get back on the Mets. The Mets team is it's set for good things this season. But again, there's a black cloud black cloud over City Field, and me and Mike like to play the what if game. So yeah, <laughs> um, I mean. Their Vegas over-under is, I think, 84. I think that's just where they should be. Like, they're not really a 90-win team roster-wise. They're not really, you know, 70s. So, I think with 84 as a gambling guy, I think 84 I would take the over for the Mets. But that's that's a lot of optimism there. Because, again, all, they're just one injury away from just completely falling apart. If DeGrom gets hurt, they are... In very bad shape. And obviously, Syndergaard gets hurt every single year. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you know, you see the black cloud. They, City Field is built on an ancient burial ground. Has to be. And they also need... If Conforto could do 30 and 100, that'll help him out as well. Oh, that'll absolutely, hit. That'll absolutely help him out. Like, them... If, I don't even care about what his average is. If he's hitting 250 but 30 plus, thirty home runs and 100 RBIs. He needs to put up, like, 
tally number stats. And also, how about Cespedes does something? I mean, yeah, you brought us to a World Series. Thanks. I know you're watching, so thanks. But, like, do something else. It's a five-year contract, dude. Yeah, I know. It was – look, I mean, look, he had to – he obviously had to get Cespedes back. But, I mean, when he does come back, he's electric. Yeah, like, I mean, also, look – Are you saying when or if? Both. Okay. Both. Because, you know, he it's reported right now that he's going to come back during – at the All-Star break. But – we don't really know. It could be it could be after the All Star break. It could be well before the All Star break. We don't know a real time will return for excuse, um, for Cespedes. And what would have been cool though is that during the during this off season, it was tabled that the N, the NL gets a D, the DH spot. Oh, I don't want that. But see, that would have been great in the Mets' favor because then that could have brought Cespedes back months earlier. You could have had him just play the D eight spot. Uh, I mean, I guess. But um, now imagine that lineup with Cespedes in it as a DH. Sure, but he gets hurt running the bases, not like in the field. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we saw it last year when he came up when he came back for the one game against the Yankees, gets injured. Yeah, and then when he didn't slide at home home plate, and everyone's roasting him because everyone's like just slides, basically falling down, and he can't even do that. I mean, this guy is. He's unbelievable. He I is. Mean, his his high of highs is amazing, but his lows is just he's just not even available to play. Yeah, that's but that's his lows. We have him playing. We haven't really seen his lows. He, when when he, when he plays, he's electric. Yeah, he is. Yeah, so he he helped the Mets get to the 2015 World Series. He helped the Mets get back to the 2016 playoffs, and for the one game we saw him in 2018, he was solid. He was really solid in that one game we saw him yeah, against the Yankees. He's pretty good. So, look, it's going to be a very interesting to see what the Mets actually do this season. And on that note, we're going to take one more break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL, what's going on in the offseason. We're going to talk about Carl Anthony Towns, Zion Williamson. You've been listening to the Moffat on the Mic Radio Show on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Back after this. It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening to Moffitt on the Mic on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Moffitt on the Mic radio show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. I am Chris Klimazuski. Craig is absent tonight as he is at a Disturbia concert. So, Craig, I hope you're enjoying the concert, and thank you for letting me run the show tonight. I brought along my good friend Mike Dawes to help me out with tonight's show. Remember, you can call in at 631-676-2968 if you want to talk about what we're talking about right now. You can check us out on our Facebook live stream, the TuneIn app, uh, Periscope, and we are now live on YouTube. As Mike said before, we're pretty famous. Yep. So, All right, we're going to get into the rest of what's going on in the sport, sporting world. Over the weekend, Carl Anthony Towns was involved in a horrific car accident. Horrific. Came out today that he it said that he had a five percent chance of living after that accident, and he said he was lucky to be alive. I'm glad he's alive. Yeah, I mean, look, Carl Anthony Towns is a huge player. I mean, no offense. I mean, look, I mean, I'm glad he's here. But if the NBA lost Carl Anthony Towns, it's not a good. It's not good at all. Because I mean, look, 
he's one of the big he's one of the big guys in the league who is very vocal about like what he who he is and whatnot. And there, this league isn't really about big guys anymore. So I feel like he's trying to bring that back right now. Him, Anthony Davis, those kind of guys are trying to bring back the big man role and make it more important than than what it's been in the past couple of years. Yeah, he, he's definitely a post up big who you know eats glass, but uh, he's developed a three point shot too. He has. He's been pretty good, but yeah, no, definitely glad he's okay and he played. Today. Yeah, so we're glad. We're gl- yeah, we're both glad that he's a okay, and we're glad nothing seriously or and crazy happened to Corey Anthony Towns. In other basketball news, Zion Williamson is reportedly doing better. He's getting better now from that knee injury he had against North Carolina last week. But he is he sat out against Syracuse as as Duke beat Syracuse by ten points over the, on Saturday, and but now it is reported that he is out versus Virginia Tech also, tomorrow. With the cat news, no, oh. he played tonight thirty minutes, thirty four and twenty one. He's so good, and that's points and rebounds. I mean, he they beat the Kings by seven, my team, but oh my goodness, he's so good, thirty four I mean, and twenty one after he almost died. I know that's wild oh because God. you would think you know like he might have to take the night the night off oh or whatever God. for what 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 happened going through his mind and everything like that. But no, he's back right on the court yeah, and, do- and dominating on the court. Ate some glass, twenty one boards. My goodness. Yeah, he's phenomenal. But back to Zion. I mean, he's he's just having a great year and whatnot. So it's going to be very exciting to see what happens with Zion down the road. Yeah, I mean, we obviously all saw the shoe and the knee injury, but you did say he was out versus Virginia Tech, so I'm assuming he, he'll he be back for, like, next week? I don't know. Not a doctor. Confirmed not a doctor. Yes, we heard it here live. Mike Dawes is confirmed not a doctor, but on the line right now, the host of Behind the Barricade here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network, we have Anthony Carragher. Anthony, what's going on, bro? We are, I mean, whew, after, did you watch Raw? Oh, that's the reason why I'm calling, man. <laughs> that, but, that's the reason why I'm calling. You know, me and, uh, you haven't, you never met my friend Mike, but Mike, me and Mike, we're both huge wrestling fans. You know I am, he is too. And we were both saying on the way in that, you know, there's, there's no way that this Batista, I mean this Batista, this Ric Flair birthday celebration goes off without nothing, like, happening with it. We, all, we both oh. thought that Becky Lynch was going to come out and do something, but no. That didn't happen. <laughs> no, without a doubt. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, the Becky Lynch angle, everyone thought, you know, obviously when they announced it last week that the Ric Flair birthday party was going to be tonight, we're like, all right, well, I guess Becky's going to kill Ric Flair and then demand to be in the match. And then if you watched Raw, she came out and pretty much beat up Ronda mm-hmm. and got arrested. And you're like, all right, well, I guess Becky's going to hijack a cop car, as in typical WWE fashion, <laughs> and, you know, show up and kill Ric Flair. And I'm watching with a buddy of mine, and when they went to the back, we're like, oh, God, here we go. He's in the disarmor, and he's pretty much going to be dead. And then when they zoomed in on Batista, me and my buddy at the same exact time, we're just like, is, is that Batista? It was, you're just so drawn in to this Becky, Ronda, Charlotte rivalry mm-hmm. that you kind of have your blinders on to everything else that's happening. Yeah. And when Batista showed up, you're like, oh, crap, that's right. We forgot about Raw 1000 when they kind of teased it. Yeah, because... Oh, yeah, because that's you, awesome. 
Yeah, because you know we when they teased it at SmackDown 1000, we were like, oh, we're certainly getting Batista Triple H at Mania, and then at Crown Jewel, you know, we saw the news after the fact that Batista, I mean, uh, Triple H tore his pec. So we really ruled out. I was like, oh, we were all like, oh, we're not going to get Batista Triple H anymore at Mania. So, but now that Batista's back, if and now I think it's just confirmed that we're going to get Triple H Batista at Mania. Oh, without a doubt. Um, you know, Triple H. When was Crown Jewel? Uh, a month ago. You know, you have still two months until until WrestleMania, and Triple H has been around and he's taken bumps in between then. His torn back was probably not as torn as Cena's was a few years back. Yeah. It was probably torn, but I feel like he'll be able to compete um, at Mania. But, again, like, I- I- I'll throw it to the women here. Charlotte, Becky, Ronda has- have done so much right now to pretty much, importantly, hog the spotlight. Yeah. That you forget everything going on. Yeah. And... I mean, people might disagree with me, but <laughs> I feel like that's the importance of Charlotte in this main event. No, yeah, you know? I th- yeah, I think you're absolutely right, and even more overshadowed with the whole Kofi Kingston being white hot too. You definitely forget about the other, like this, guys like Batista and Triple H with their feud too. Yeah, I mean, like you're 100 percent right with the pec injury. You're like, all right, Triple H isn't having a match, but then when you see Batista, you're like, oh wait, that pec injury was how long ago? Oh, I guess yeah. he could have a match. Yeah, exactly. And, so it looks like he's healed back. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm going to hear from a lot of people um, about, like, you know, why are we seeing Triple H and Batista? Like, why do we have to constantly see the old guys? Like, it's a nostalgia act. Listen, at the end of the day, Triple H can still go in the ring. Mm-hmm. And Batista has been fighting in MMA for, like, the last two years. So I'm pretty sure he's in, like, tip-top shape. This isn't The Undertaker. This is two guys who are in physical condition who could put on a wrestling match. And, yes, it's a nostalgia act, but this is actually one of the matches I'm looking forward to at WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely. Now now that I know Batista's back and I, this all this happened, I am so ready for Batista Triple H. And, again, it's like Batista said – you never Triple H never beat Batista, so it's going to be ex, an exciting match to see them face off each other, and to maybe even see if you know Batista is going to be here for the long, for a while and not just have this one off match. Yeah, I mean maybe, but I, I really don't know because if you really sit down and break down the numbers and look at this like deep down and take all the layers off, when's WrestleMania? April seventh. Yeah. What happens a few weeks later? Um. Oh, the the shake, not the shake up, right? Or wait, what? Infinity War comes out. Ah, yeah. So, or Endgame. Excuse me, the Avengers movie. So, as much as it's a WWE thing, it's also a marketing ploy. Oh, like, absolutely. You have you can't you can't take that away from WWE too. It's a marketing ploy for Endgame. So, oh. but listen again, it's not it's not the Undertaker, it's not Sting. It's not someone in, like, the twilight of their career. It's someone who's in tip-top shape who, if he needs to do a one-off, can do a one-off and can go. Yeah, and I think this is going to be fantastic. I think people have been wanting to see Batista again, and I think now, again, like we just like I've been saying, he's back, and I think we're, everyone's going to be happy with what, what Batista's going to put on the table. Yeah, with, 
without a doubt. And it also brings a sense of realism to it as well because um, 34 was supposed to be Batista and Ronda, mm-hmm. but Triple H never returned his phone call. And that's the real-life story. And I don't know, because I know you guys were on air when it was when it was happening. You probably didn't have the sound on. When Batista attacked Triple H, he looked in the camera and says, do I have your attention now, Hunter? Yeah, so we, yeah we had the closed captioning on. I was like, woo, let's go. So it's definitely a sense of realism to it as well. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm just, I'm, I'm all in, and these, I think these promos, these next couple of weeks are going to be fantastic. Yeah, they don't even need to like see each other. Just have them come out, cause havoc, run away, mm-hmm. and eventually challenge Romania. And you know what? I don't, they don't need to lay a hand on each other until Mania, and then I'll, I'll be super happy. But this Mania's card's shaping up to be somewhat pretty decent. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. And before really tonight, we really didn't have an understanding of like who was going to fight who. Like who was Oscar going to fight? Who's the Revival going to fight? We really only knew, you know, it was going to be, well, right now it's only Ronda versus Charlotte, but we, we're going to get Charlotte, Becky, Ronda at Mania. And then we only have Seth and versus Brock Lesnar. But now I think this even just add, this adds to the card with Batista and Triple H on it. I mean, my, um, my prediction for like my Mania card uh, is you're probably going to have, have Seth and Lesnar. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the triple threat for the Raw Women's title. Mm-hmm. You're obviously going to have Batista and uh, Triple H. I can see Roman be in a match now. Uh, I thought he would be in the corner of Seth Rollins and maybe be like involved somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. But I can actually see him have a match now as he took a few bumps in the, the little segment that he came out. So I could probably see maybe him and Braun in a tag team against Elias and or, Str- or Corbin. And Lashley, something along those lines. Yeah, something, some, some, give him something easy to work back into, almost. Yeah, and the U.S. title will probably be in a six-man ladder match. You know, yeah. just find six people on, on, you know, on SmackDown to go for the U.S. title. <laughs> you know, IC title. I would love. I, I hope to God I, I'm correct. Give me Finn and Ricochet <sighs> for the IC title. Oh. That'd be a fantastic match. See, another friend of mine said the same thing at WrestleMania. I was like, "See, now don't say that because now I really want it, and we're probably not going to end up getting it." <laughs> I mean, I I hope I hope we get it. I mean, I can see the Raw Tag Team Titles go up for grabs, uh, Revival, and probably Bobby Roode and and Chad Gable. SmackDown Tag Team Titles. I would love to see Usos New Day mm-hmm. or Usos Sanity. <sighs> give Sanity some love, but I think New Day's going to be caught up in the WWE Championship match. I hope I hope Sanity's in the WWE champ- I mean, uh, the Tag t- Championship. Yeah, I mean, the WrestleMania card still has a lot to be figured out, but it's, shape- it's taking form now, and I'm super excited. For yeah, it. so am I. Anthony, thank you so much for calling in, bro. It was a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, no problem, bro. Right, I'll see you soon. Bye. See him soon. Yeah, soon. Nice. Nice. Wink. No, that was Anthony Carragher of the Behind the Barricade show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Their show is from 2 to 4 on Sundays. Great show. Great commentary. Chris, Rodney, Kalen, and Anthony, all great guys, all people to listen to. They're actually doing, they partnered up with Statement Games, and they're doing a huge tailgate right before Mania on that Sunday. So go check out Statement Games. You can win access to their tailgate, and you can part. you can hang out with the Behind the Barricade crew, get catered food, and just have a great time with all of them. That's going to be a great, one great 
uh, tailgate before Mania. But to get back to, I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a fantastic match you're going to see at Mania between Batista and Triple H. Yeah, I mean, it's a long time coming. They fought at WrestleMania a long time ago. Do you know which Mania or? 21 or 22 for sure. I don't think, maybe, I think it was 21. I'm trying to think of what Triple H was doing at 22. 22 was when Cena beat JBL. No, that was 21. That was 22. No, 22 was um, Rey Mysterio? I don't know. Either way. Doesn't matter. Don't remember. But, yeah, it was a long time ago, and I think it's going to be very exciting. People have been clamoring to see Batista for the – who knows how long? I mean, I mean, the last thing he had, they called him Batista. So I'm surprised to see all these people excited. I think people will be excited, but I mean, we're seeing heel Batista right now, so I can imagine we're gonna—he's gonna get—we're gonna get Batista again. Yeah, so. probably. For sure. All right, to go back on—we uh, talked about Zion Williams for a little bit. Over to the NFL, Michael Crabtree was cut from the Ravens today, and Mike, we were talking about it before. We could see the Jets signing Michael Crabtree. I I could see it. I mean, sure. in, in the past, when he was on the 49ers, we've, me and Mike have put Michael Crabtree in the Cheeks for Weeks Club. He's terrible. Terrible guy. But then he resurrected his career on the Raiders. And we were like, okay, he's out of the Cheeks for Weeks Club. But then he had a bad year last year. Maybe that's due to the quarterback play. Yeah. I don't know. I believe he's still out of the club for now. For now, yeah. Because he did, he proved it a lot when he was over he was at really Oakland. Good with the Raiders. Really, really good. He proved he proved that he was that first round overall pick, but yeah, I think he's still out for it now, and I think he still has to go to a, a team with a a more capable throwing quarterback than Joe Flacco and Lamar Jackson. So Sam Darnold, and I wouldn't hate it on the Jets because the Jets need a real number one wide receiver. Now Quincy Newton was great, and so was Robbie Anderson. They're good, but yeah, they're not possession guys. Though. Exactly. Like like Josh McCown said it best, and I I thought this analogy was perfect. That he, that Quincy Nuno reminds him a lot of Anquan Bolden, and when he said that, I was like, I see it, I see it a lot. I do. I mean, look, Anquan Bolden is a fantastic wide receiver in the NFL. His career was amazing, but I mean, I'm not saying that he's identical. I'm not saying Quincy Nuno is identical to Qu- Bolden, but I could see the similarities in between the two. Yeah, like you know. I think uh, if they do get Crabtree, that would replace Curse. I imagine he's not coming back. I don't think Curse is coming back. Yeah, and Crabtree is just like a slightly better possession receiver than Curse, who's also a possession receiver, mm-hmm. but just not as good. So yes. if but... they could have the long ball in Robbie, the everything in Quincy, and then the possession of like a Crabtree, then that's that's not bad top three. That's not a bad top three. And we thought this wasn't going to be a bad top three this year, especially for Quin- for Sam Darnold, because the year before Quincy and Nunwa, um, before he got injured, he he had 800 yards. Robbie Anderson was on the break of having a th- a thousand yards in 2017, and Jermaine Curse was an 800 yard receiver when Josh McCown was there, and everyone just took a huge backslide in 2020 the 2018 season. Now, granted, we saw huge gameplay from Robbie Anderson, Sam Donald the last four weeks of the season. Oh, they went off versus the Packers. Oh, they went absolutely off. I saw the stat; it was like the first um the first 12 games. Of the season, Robbie Anderson only had like three hundred something yards. The last four, he had four hundred yards. I mean, he is he is uh that that is Robbie Anderson. He is very streaky, but he has he does have a lot of talent. He does, he does. He does have a lot of talent, but 
I think you bring in another guy like Michael Crabtree, and especially when this this wide receiver free agency is really dry. There's really no good number one wide receivers out there. I mean, it's now it's Michael Crabtree and well, I, Golden Tate maybe. Well, there's one for trade. Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. I don't want him though. I just set that up to saying like, give me it on the Jets. Yeah. I don't want him. I wouldn't. Ugh, I don't know. Th- that'll cost us the first round pick. It would sure. if if we can somehow get it without trading the third overall pick. Yeah, I'll take it. Uh, I don't know, man. Because I, I want Bell and I don't want them both together again. Yeah, I mean, if we're if we're picking if we're picking between the both, I'm taking Bell all the way. Oh, for sure. So I mean, again, and, and here I am, a Jets fan. Offense stinks, and a top two receiver. I'm like, no, I don't want him. I don't. I'm just stupid. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna be. But again, Michael Crabtree, I think, would fit good with the Jets. Again, he's proven he's been a number one wide receiver, and he's definitely the help he can get to, for Sam Donald. And he apl- repl- applies depth to the Jets' wide receiver core, which they desperately need, and they desperately need wide receivers. Yeah, for sure. They do. And then speaking of still, you know, possible Jet f- signing free agents this year, Michael, it's it was announced on ESPN.com's by Mike Reese that he doesn't expect the Patriots to put the franchise tag on Trey Flowers. Now, Trey Flowers had a good a good season last year with the Patriots, but he had a great playoff run with the Patriots. Which is what matters. Exactly. I mean, look, he adds that that experience of playing in the playoffs, playing, playing in three Super Bowls, and the Jets need a pass rusher. They need one. They desperately need one. Their, their last legit pass rusher was John Abraham. Exactly. I mean, are you kidding me? That's crazy. I know that's not good. A lifetime ago. Really not good, and he, it's not even—it's not even like John Abraham stayed with the team that long. He was gone within like five years. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, it was definitely a quick stint. So, I mean, if you can bring back and you can have a rotation of Henry Anderson and Trey Flowers, I'll take that. I mean, it's—it's not—it's not sexy. It's not but sexy, but it's definitely steamy. Get the job done. <laughs> it's definitely steamy. So steamy's under sexy. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. But again, Trey Flowers. I think that I think that's uh, huge. But again, with the Patriots, they can get rid of guys, and the next the next man will step up. That's just the Patriots. Are you alarmed that you know the Patriots don't want them? They know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah, I mean, we factor. we we saw it with Nate Solder this past year. Nate Solder has been the Patriots' left tackle for the past twelve years. I mean, they're iconic for getting rid of guys too early. Yeah, in a good way. In a good way. And everyone was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that Nate Solo didn't come back. But I immediately thought, like, okay, this was their guy for 12 years. He's still 30-something years old. If the Patriots are getting rid of him, they know something. And, boy, did the the Giants fail miserably on that. I mean, he didn't start doing good until, like, the last five games, six games of the season. Highest paid left tackle in the league. And definitely does not deserve it. Oh, for sure not. Definitely but, not deserve. I mean, they were desperate. They were desperate, and it was the it was the right move for the Giants. But sure. the Patriots knew something with Nate Solder, and then you saw you saw with him playing with the Giants. And you know, speaking of the Patriots, this whole Robert Kraft situation took the took the took the NFL fans by storm. Yeah, they really uh, came out up in arms for that one. I mean, you know, he's such a high profile name to be caught up in this it's kind of funny i know like and i'm not defending the patriots in any way here and nor am i advocating or even protecting you know robert Kraft's situation with this whole sex trafficking thing but i don't think he's actually involved in the sex trafficking of girls i think he just yeah no, I mean, I, he's just an old guy i think he just got caught in the wrong place at the wrong time and he's like you know he's an old older guy and he just he was just 
looking to have some fun. I mean, sure. I mean, like, I don't like I we me and Mike we hate the Patriots more than anything in this world. But I mean, and we we're not we're not protecting Robert Kraft in any way. But I think this dude just got caught up at the wrong place at the wrong time, and he just happened to be the biggest name on the list. And well, did you see the rumor? There's a bigger name yet to be uncovered in Jupiter, Florida. That can only mean one man: Tiger Woods. <laughs> I mean, oh that's my the god! Only option because Schefter tweeted that there's a bigger name that hasn't gotten released yet in Jupiter, Florida. That is Tiger. That's a Tiger story if I ever seen one. I mean, yeah. Has, and who's bigger than Robert Kraft? I mean, it's got to be Tiger. It's got to be Tiger. <laughs> if that's Tiger, oh my, that'll be. That's that's the perfect cherry on top to the story. And the thing, we we all thought Tiger was back. He's not back. Oh, if if, if his name's on this list, he's not back. <laughs> he's certainly not back. Um. Last thing we're going to talk about, got announced today that the Raiders are playing, officially playing in Oakland in 2019. Yeah, cool. Now, what are they expected to be in Vegas? Like 2020, I thought. 2020, okay. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be a nice little send-off for Oakland fans. I mean, it'll be, it'll be nice to see them go, or it won't be nice to see them send off because I'm pretty sure they want, the, want them to stay in Oakland. Yeah, but desperately want them to stay. But I mean, it's good that they're gonna they'll be playing this this year in Oakland and not in like San Diego or L.A. or anywhere like yeah, that. Yeah, and I mean these it took them so like they've been playing in O.Co. Coliseum, which is a dump. Yeah, a baseball stadium. Yeah, they can't be they can't be playing in baseball stadiums when you're the Oakland Raiders. No, you can't. That place is a total dump. I mean, they got like Oakland. I don't think would give them a new stadium. So I mean, they gotta do what they gotta do. Which is crazy because you know they're a pretty historic franchise. Yeah. Too, you I'm know, very excited for a Las Vegas football team. So am I. It's gonna be crazy. That's you know, be awesome. Las Vegas skin the fan base. You know, they got the hockey team. They got the uh, they get in the football team now, and now it's. I, mean, I think it's a matter it's... of time till the other two sports follow. I mean, they have to. Oh yeah. I mean the the Marlins and Rays combined for like twenty thousand a game. Yeah, it's it's gonna be uh, like you said, a matter of time before Las Vegas becomes the biggest sports town in this country. Because I mean, look, you already have MMA. UFC and boxing, all basically, which are huge there, huge in Las Vegas. You already you're gone, you get in the you already have the the Vegas Knights who went to the Stanley Cup last Stanley year and in, in, in their first season, and now you get in the Oakland Raiders, a historic franchise moving to LA. I mean uh, Las Vegas. It's big. It is definitely big news, but it's that time of the night. It's time for us to head out of here, Mike. Thank you so much for helping me out today. I couldn't uh, do done the show without you. Thanks. You oh. know, my uh, back hurts a little bit. From what, carrying the show? Yeah. Boo. I think that was a good pickup you got there. I got it. I got it. See, that's how you know it was a bad joke because I knew the joke. Yeah, whatever. But, Mike, thank you so much for helping me out. Craig, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to host tonight. So, thank you for going to th- – thank you, Disturbia, for having a concert, basically. Great movie. Uh, thank, you for ch- for, thank you for everyone checking us out. On our Facebook stream, our Periscope stream, listening to us on the TuneIn app, and fo- looking at us on the, our YouTube Live now. <laughs> we are now on YouTube Live. Thank you for everyone who commented. Thank you for Anthony and Eric for calling in. And you'll be able to hear us. You'll, Craig will be back in on Wednesday night, 10 to 12. We'll be back talking about whatever is going on in the Wednesday sports world. So, and again, thank you and everyone for listening. You've been listening to. The Moffat on the Mic Radio Show here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Have a good night, everyone. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.